0: Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. This is a space where we seek to create and cultivate healthy conversations between those things we geek out on and the philosophical and theological questions that often arise out of our fandoms. Like what does it mean to be human? What makes a hero? What makes a villain? How do the stories and narratives we geek out on shape how we live in the world? We are your priest to the geeks. We aren't all ordained, but we see ourselves as mediators at the intersection of geek culture and going deeper in our faith. We don't always have to agree, but we do respect each other, and we see everyone as a beloved child of God. Everyone geeks out on something, so come geek out with us and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to an Anazao Ministries podcast. Tis the season for Kaiju, secret government organizations, new regenerations, goblins, and Greek gods. That's right, it's that weird awkward pause between Christmas and New Year's where we're just geeking out on whatever's there. And this year, there's a lot. There is a lot. This is one of our What's News episodes. Today, we're going to be discussing Monarch on Apple TV Plus and Doctor Who's Christmas special with Reverend Justin Coleman. He's back with us. And then later, we're going to have to do this in two halves because half the people who are going to be here got sick. So they're also going to be discussing Percy Jackson. So come back. We'll do the other half. If you're on YouTube, you'll get us two different parts. Speaking of which, if you are live on our YouTube feed, drop below. Let us know where you're listening from. We'll announce it if you join us live, which right now I don't see anybody. But if you jump in, throw it up there and we'll we will announce it. I am Joshua Knoll and I am here with the uh, the amazing, the wonderful Reverend Justin Coleman. Uh, Justin, welcome back, man. What you been
2: geeking out on? Oh, man. Well, you uh, you named some of it. I um, my youngest son has been enjoying Percy Jackson. So I'm going to be looking forward to listening to the second half of this podcast. But he is uh, just started reading uh, the books. Uh, We're diving into the television series and really enjoying it. And you've already named Monarch, which I mentioned last time is one of my new uh, favorite shows. Oh, so maybe maybe we will touch
1: on Percy Jackson on on this one, too. We'll see. Um, Man, actually, I I originally I put uh, Percy Jackson on here. I mean, Percy, I put a monarch on here because I was planning on watching it. And then I haven't got around to it yet because I started preparing for another episode we're doing. So 2024, our theme is other religions. So whether it's like fictional religions or real religions and stuff and on the YouTube feed, we'll have like a separate thing of like how different religions are portrayed in fandoms. And the first one we're doing is Buddhism portrayed in fandoms. And for some reason, when I was going through my head of like, where do I see Buddhism? I was like, Shaolin Showdown, this old cartoon I used to watch. And then today, when I was supposed to be watching Monarch, I was like, let me just pull up an episode to kind of do a refresher. And I've been binge watching Shaolin Showdown. Actually, I discovered there's something called Shaolin Chronicles where 10 years later, Disney tried to pick the series back up. So I'm watching that there's a character named ping pong i'm really just like okay i feel like we got some stereotypes going on disney but <laughs> i'm rolling with it for now <laughs> oh man it's a good time though it's a good time um i did want to throw out a special thank you to one of our supporters of the show daniel sigmund thank you so much for your support and just for making episodes like this happen keeping lights on guys like daniel is what makes this show possible thank you so much man um and now we are without further ado. We well first, let's uh If you do have a moment, go over to Spotify, Apple Podcast, PodChaser. Leave us a rating, a review. If you're on YouTube, smash that like and subscribe button. So you so uh you know it gives Will Will smiles every time you hit that, and every time Will smiles, a baby is born. So just know when you like and subscribe our YouTube page, <laughs> ultimately. You are feeding into the growth of population and smiling babies. So with that, <laughs> we're going to jump into our lightning round. Um, and that's just uh, it's where we like to just discuss. It's not our main three topics that we just want to shout out real quick. that is uh, a new that we we think is interesting. Um, I, I got to shout out to Santa Clauses, Tim, Tim Allen, season two Santa Clauses. You know, I was disappointed by the end of season one because it really looked like they were going to suggest maybe there could be a woman Santa Claus. Maybe there could be someone else of a different ethnicity who's going to be Santa Claus. And I was like, oh, this is this is kind of fun. This is cool. And they ultimately were like, actually, it's just Tim Allen. So I was kind of disappointed at the end of season one. Season two hasn't really redeemed that. It just kind of is its own thing. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's nice. Um, honestly, the main reason it's not one of the main topics in the last month it's just because it hadn't picked up any of those themes that it hinted at in season one that I was like, this could have been really cool, Mm. but you know, here we are. It's just happy Tim Allen, Santa Claus. (laughs) Um, Justin, do you have any, anything you want to lift up really quick? That's not any of our main topics today.
2: You know, I have uh, this uh, Christmas season, just because I've uh, finished preaching on it, watched about every version of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol that I could Ooh. find from uh, Scrooge McDuck, this uh, yeah. <laughs> version, to, to Muppets, to Jim Carrey, to Patrick Stewart, to uh, George C. Scott and Albert Finney, just all these different versions uh, of it. There's an interesting dark version of it on FX. What? Uh, that is... Um, you know, I'm still trying to think about how I feel about it, but, uh, but they sought to strip away uh, some of the kind of the warm cheer of it and, and really think about like what makes Scrooge Scrooge and um, this kind of a mean actor here. And, um, and uh, you know, if he is, uh, if he is, so um bereft of warmth and humanity what else might he do uh Mm -hmm. or is other interactions beyond those that uh, we typically meditate on so yeah it's a it's a darker telling uh still trying to think about figure out what i feel about it but uh you know it's worth checking out if you are a christmas carol fan
1: yeah yeah uh will rose is watching currently (laughs) Like from Utah so we got to shout shout out our fellows will but no that's that yeah. sounds uh fascinating that uh the darker version of a Christmas carol I actually every year I make it a point to watch a Christmas carol the Doctor Who episode
2: yes no so Matt
1: Smith is like one of my least favorite doctors and I like this episode though like it's one of the I like that uh it's a wonderful life and Miracle on 31st Street I watch it every single year like, it's just <laughs> so good yes um, oh man so thinking of all this stuff I'm geeking out on, uh, right now in Moon Knight comics, uh, Mark Scepter the Moon Knight is dead. And coming up in this week, they're starting back the the Vengeance of Moon Knight or Vengeance of Moon Knight, something like that. And it's uh it's gonna be a Moon Knight comic without Mark Scepter. And I'm uh I'm really fascinated by that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I'm sure um For those who don't know, I'm sure he'll be back because that's just how comic books do. But the reason Moon Knight comes back to life a lot, he dies and he comes back and it's part of his whole thing. The reason he can't right now is the God he serves, Kanchu, that brings him back to life all the time is actually imprisoned in Asgard. So he cannot bring Mark Scepter back to life. Ah. So we got a lot of weird different gods, deity structures going on. And uh, Mark Scepter's just stuck dead for a while. So we get to see what his followers are going to do. In his absence to carry on kind of his mission of, uh you know, vengeance and the night and justice and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm I always find it interesting to see what followers do in the absence of the hero. Yeah, I think it's because that's the most relatable to me, because it's like it's basically all Christianity is, <laughs> you know, we are in the absence of Jesus presently being here. We are acting as Jesus. So it's always fun to see other people kind of doing the same thing in these stories and kind of playing with that um yeah so i'm really excited for that also i just watched godzilla minus one incredible film like just a true piece of just cinema just art um trip fuller keeps saying he wants to come on to do an episode about it and that's the only reason it's not a main topic and it is one of the reasons why monarch is one of the main topics so yeah those are all the things i got left do you have anything else you wanted to lift up for our for the lightning round or
2: no, 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 that's 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 it. I'm uh, interested in checking out what you're checking out, oh, man. Yeah, it's good
1: stuff. But if that's if that's all, we can jump to today's main topics where we're going to be starting off. I actually I mentioned earlier, I actually didn't get to watch it yet. <laughs> yeah because i got stuck on challenge showdown but i wanted to ask you some about it Mm -hmm. um monarch monarch on apple plus it's part of the legacy film godzilla kong kind of movies that's been coming out um it's in between i I, i'm thinking right it's in between or it's releasing between godzilla vs kong godzilla x kong the new movie coming out in i think april it's coming it's coming out Mm -hmm. um so what is, what's the premise? What's going on in this series? I know it's like secret government stuff and less about the monsters, but that's about all I know.
2: Yeah, I mean, Monarch is, you know, this company that has been uh, since uh, Godzilla's first emergence, um, trying to discover what these uh, what these monsters are all about. And so they're, they're secret, they're government funded, um, and they are obsessed, it seems uh, like they are obsessed with um, uh, 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 um, keeping another G day, Godzilla day event from happening. They're obsessed with it. But there are a couple different agendas within Monarch. And so this show is about, and they keep on toggling back between the, the present, where the, the kids of one of the um, early Monarch uh, founders are trying to find uh, their dad um, and then going uh, back in the past where um, uh, they're seeing kind of the origins of, of, of Monarch. And the, uh, the, are we trying to uh, keep another G-Day from happening or are we... Uh, seeking to help um, Godzilla accomplish whatever Godzilla is trying to accomplish in the world. So, you know, we get these brief glimpses of Godzilla um, and other of these, uh, uh, other of these, you know, monsters, monsters. But it's mostly about the people uh, and the work to either support them or uh, or keep them from emerging. Huh. So the organization itself
1: doesn't know where it wants to lean, or is it just like the people within are kind of rebelling against the mission?
2: No, the it seems that the genesis of the organization was to uh, to understand uh, these you know monsters and where they uh, where they come from, why they emerge, what their patterns are, how they. Behave! How they are a part of this broader ecosystem, and so there's a there's almost a conservationist uh, attitude uh, from some of these early founders, but they're because they're military funded. The military is mm-hmm. on, "We got to destroy these folks," and right off the bat, they try to you know blow up. Godzilla and realize that didn't happen, um, and so uh, so the government uh, becomes uh, obsessed with figuring out how to how to destroy or um, or keep these uh, creatures uh, at bay in some kind of way. Huh. Okay.
1: Yeah, and no, I mean it's it's interesting. It's one of those. It's really weird with Godzilla Minus One just coming out, seeing the difference of like America, like the Western culture version of these kaiju monster movie kind of things. And then seeing like where it originated in Japan and seeing like it's kind of focus. Godzilla Minus One is very much focused on the people, the story. Um, It seems like that's what the show here is doing, which is interesting. But originally, Godzilla was almost just metaphor for nuclear war. and And you still kind of have some hints of that. And that's where I think, it, think it's interesting. When we have these, you know, government secret agencies and that kind of stuff tied to it. Because even though the Westernite version is less, hey, nukes are bad. It is still kind of around this idea of war, global catastrophe and how
2: we handle this stuff. Right. Right. That's right. You know, the um, so the Kaiju or the the Titans or whatever you want to call these, you know, these these creatures. Um, they, they seem to be, uh, uh, emerging when they seem to be care, they seem to care for balance, um, or at least Godzilla does. Um, and, um, and you see how these different kaiju uh, behave when, uh, when the things are off balance. And so it does seem to be uh, this. I, I, I'm not exactly sure the the um, what the original intent <laughs> was, but um, as this Godzilla mythology has has expanded over time, there's a sense that Godzilla is um, uh, may appear is destructive for sure, uh, but the greater concern is destroying the, the delicate balance of this world. Um, And so, uh, you know, this, I do think it is about this kind of militarism um, and an exploitation of the world and its resources. That is one, um, one perspective within the monarch community. Um, And then this other that says, no, this is we're the problem so, you know, whatever whatever we need to do to maintain this 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 balance, let's co participate with that. Um, uh, at least with Godzilla, as Godzilla is 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 an instrument um, of judgment uh, on uh, the rest of us as we upset the balance. Oh, interesting! Interesting. So how? Do-
1: Man, how do you think all of this is going to feed into the new movie? Because the new movie, when I'm watching the trailer, it looks like a lot of it is you got Kong down in the center of the earth and all these other giant creatures down. there. Like, it looks like the center to the the journey, to the center of the earth, but with a giant gorilla as the main character. Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out because just the placement of when they release the show, there has to be some kind of tie in,
2: you would think. Right. I don't think so, because, you know, it, it, the root re- monarch emerges because in previous movies we see, you know, little bits of monarch, right? So this is kind of an expansion of who this organization is. And within these, at least Americanized Godzilla movies, I feel that, you know, they toggle back and forth between this idea of, um, eco-justice, like Godzilla as the ultimate, uh, eco-justice <laughs> yeah. warrior. Um, and, um, and just pure fun, you know, um, yeah. a lot yeah. of monsters roaming around fighting in this, you know, this like dynamic duo of Godzilla and Kong, um, both feels, it feels kind of campy like some of those, you know, there's that Godzilla era where so many of the movies just had a, they're almost comical. Um, oh yeah. And, and it feels, <laughs> it feels like that, though they're pretending to be serious. Um, but I have no idea how it's going to play <laughs> in to the, to because Mon- Monarch feels like a, a very serious meditation on, the uh the implications of of um of again balance in our world and i I have no idea how this next movie is gonna gonna connect with that
1: well that's what's uh, that's what's interesting about the streaming stuff these days it's like the shows like these like little mini series that we keep getting in between movies tend to go a lot deeper um yes that's one i i love the captain america movies like mcu i love all of them the winter soldier is in my opinion the best thing the mcu has done yeah. but the captain and the the uh, falcon and the uh, winter soldier tv series yeah it definitely went a lot deeper into some of these political yeah. ideas surrounding what's happening there and um yeah so, so i like that they're kind of doing the same i really am looking forward to getting into the show um I, I like the the eco the giant eco <laughs> justice warrior
2: <laughs> yes
1: i like that concept um Especially because, you know, that, that does go back to some of those themes of what are we doing with war? You know, war doesn't just destroy people. It destroys the planet, which destroys future generations, hope and all this stuff. And I think um, it does kind of all tie together. So it's interesting. And uh, I, I am I, I do love that stuff. I also do just love the giant monsters hating each other. Like, <laughs> right. like, like, I won't pretend like that's not part of it. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I actually one of the comic series i am wrapping up now it's a uh, godzilla here there be monsters or here there be dragons Ooh. and it's a uh, it's pirates with God, godzilla <laughs> and as him just fighting a lobster kaiju and that one was <laughs> a lot of fun but i'm like man yeah this campy yeah campy is the word <laughs> oh man it's good stuff though but yeah. i think i think it's time we move on to the, to the real reason for the season <laughs> where we are back to Doctor Who Christmas specials and man, I've missed I've missed these yeah. because we haven't really that we kind of been robbed right like the last few years they were like, ah, we might give you a new Year special we might not do this and and I like that for the most part Russell T. Yeah. Davies comes back and he's very respectful with their, what all the other writers did with the doctor. He's not like we're gonna undo stuff anything like that but he did immediately go, no, there's going to be a Christmas special. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes
1: oh man i i remember i don't know if you ever did this for a long time that was like my favorite part of the day because i love christmas but it's exhausting you're for me you know we traveled my parents and then my wife's dad and my wife's mom and then my grandparents. parents we travel all over the place and then at the end of the day i finally get to just sit down and watch doctor who christmas yes. and it was great yes and now it's back and it's so
2: nice i'm like this is this is <sighs> wonderful I mean I love it. And and you know, for me, I'll say that as a as a clergy person who works on Christmas Eve, you know, multiple services, you know, I do the move into Christmas morning with the kids, and it's it's fun and you know, there's cooking going on. Like this Christmas special is a it's part of my Christmas present. Yes. <laughs> You know, after all is said and done and everybody's, you know, contented and uh, we've we've eaten and celebrated uh, Christ and one another and all these things, I get to watch a Christmas special and just have fun. Have fun. Be a a kid again at, at heart. Yeah.
3: Hey, guys. Christian here. Have you ever wondered why you should become a patron? Well, let me help you out. Because if you become a patron, what you can do is have live access to our YouTube exclusives like comic book ketchup, drinks with teachers, manga mustard, and a companion series that go along with our annual theme. You can be there live commenting with us. We really want you there. You also get access to exclusive merch. We have t-shirts, mugs, handbags, long sleeve shirts all over the place for you, for your help in helping us. Also, we have extra bonus questions for you to look at. We have four to eight times a month doing that. We have exclusive Discord channels for you, discounts at our store, access to any future d d campaigns. And you can easily access all the patron content through our Spotify page at the top where it says exclusive content for subscribers. Also, one of the new things we're adding is voting privileges for future episode topics. We're going to be doing specific things for you, voted by the patrons. And you also get that extra satisfaction of just helping us out. And we appreciate all you do.
1: Oh, yeah. So before we get into... (laughs) This Christmas special, I got to ask uh, when I mentioned earlier, a Christmas carol, Dr. Who, that's like I have to go to it every year. I still don't know if it's my favorite Christmas special. I think it's one that feels because there are a lot of really good Christmas specials from Dr. Who that don't feel that Christmassy. If that makes sense. Um, right. I'm thinking of I think my favorite one, if I'm just doing it off the episode, there's the Peter Capaldi when he finally finishes the story arc with River Song yes and you know they have which is funny because it ties back to a christmas carol because he mentions he has one more day with his love and how do you choose the right day of course it's going to be christmas and then all these years later the doctor has a new face it's peter capaldi's doctor he's there with his love they get one last night she's like how dare you you knew you would wasted our last night and he's like hey do you want to know how long a a night lasts on this planet it's like 27 years or something and she's like i hate you like no you don't I, I love that. I love how the doctor is able to kind of you know eat his cake
2: and have it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they they just they love this kind of uh Dickensian, I guess, you know, feel for some of these uh Christmas uh episodes. And it's really nice. I mean, you know, the 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 first, I believe, the first. Uh when the series first restarted, so we're talking ninth doctor here. Mm-hmm. There's a Christopher yep. Eccleston episode that is not actually on Christmas Day where he meets Charles Dickens. You remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah. that was awesome. Uh, it's so easy. I mean, it's just, it feels so far back there that it's so easy to, to forget. But that's like the I think that's the one very Dickens uh episode that wasn't a Christmas special. Um but also uh, really interesting yeah, in its own All right. right. Of course, David Tennant's
1: first episode was also a Christmas special. So you got to you yeah. always have to, you know, that that was a special place. It's not very Christmassy. But uh, so would, would you say the Charles Dickens is your favorite uh, favorite Christmas Doctor Who, even if it's not a special or?
2: Oh, gosh, I don't know. I, so the one that I go back and watch over and over again for some kind of sentimental reason. So I've said it before and I'll say it again. I loved the Capaldi, um, uh, Jenna Coleman pairing. Oh you yeah. Know, the, the, oh yeah. Uh, 12 and Clara. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed that pairing and, you know, the, the Christmas episode with Santa Claus. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just I thought it was, it was, it was fun. Funny, it was fun to watch, and the that you know scene at the very end uh, of it when they they reunite and she's no longer older, you know she's and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's and they're just ready to get back into. He, there's a proposal scene. It's, it's a a very a, 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 yeah. a very friend kind of agape c- proposal scene. Yeah. The artist is there all of time and space. Don't say no. Uh, and then they you know, <laughs> continue on into uh, their adventure together. I thought it was a sweet yeah. and fun episode.
1: Oh, man. No, it's, it's a beautiful one, especially also calling back to the Christmas carol. i just can't help myself there's that moment where the doctor's talking about santa claus so we know he already has a relationship with santa claus (laughs) but he goes um saint nick or as i like to call him jeff (laughs) 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 why Why is he jeff (laughs) oh Oh
2: my god Uh, that's a good one
1: oh yeah 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 which reminds me of of the saying I, i meant to bring this up last time but i think it's also very true of this one as well as the other specials we talked about in the previous episode you were on where, where it said that doctor who is too silly for adults, but too dark for kids. And I feel like that's probably true. And, yeah. I, and I love it for that. Yeah. And that's very true of this episode where we got singing goblins, baby eating. Um, we <laughs> the, the doctor has definitely identified himself as like LGBTQ community without making it in your face. This time I yeah. felt like, you know, he just had yeah. that one quick remark about Houdini and I'm like, okay cool so we yeah. have a we have a gay doctor that's cool
2: yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah, yeah. such a good episode Man, such a it
1: good. was i i loved it um before we get to the episode proper stuff mm. this is the first time we really have a whole episode of uh chudy god was am I, I don't know if i'm saying that right yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. oh i got it finally yeah. the, the 15th doctor we finally just have an episode of him um what did you think of uh chudy Godwa?
2: I thought he was great as a as a doctor, and um, it really gave me confidence that we're going to have a great run with him. It's oh, yeah! Really exciting, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, clever, and uh, um, you know uh, all the things that we we love about the doctor. There's a sense of energy. It's it's smart. Um, there's a, there's a great rapport between, uh, him and, uh, his, uh, companion, uh, wonderful. And, and my, uh, my youngest who's, who's 10 has been excited to see, you know, this iteration and he was locked in. He's like, I can't wait for the spring. Let's do this. Um, I need more of this, uh, oh, this yeah. doctor. So, and that's, you know, this is what doctor who does so well, it, it, crosses generations um and uh and this one is this was gonna be do quite well with that i think
1: oh yeah oh yeah i uh, i was so excited i actually i read today that uh, russell t davies thanked disney because you know disney before they have anything air and you know the show's home is like disney plus they do like uh test runs. Mm-hmm. And the one thing people said about the original cut of the episode was they wish they had more of the doctor. So he filmed a whole extra scene like split in there. So you had the doctor sooner. And I'm like, you know what? I, as much as I was worried, I, I love a lot of the new star Wars. So I'm not one of those like hater guys, but I was worried about Disney's influence on Dr. Who, especially yeah. when, I, you know, you worry anytime something you love changes. And, you know, you saw the singing goblins and uh, some of the other stuff that like you, you knew about beforehand. And I'm like, Oh no, they're trying to make it more kid friendly. Right. And I was like, I, I don't want it to change. You know, that was my thing, yeah. but I get in, in the singing fit, like it wasn't some weird thing. Like it was weird, but it didn't feel forced in there or anything like there. The goblins song about eating children. It was, yeah. it was funny, honestly. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, somehow they made this work and yeah. I loved it. Um, And yeah, I, I I'm the same. Like, I just want more of this doctor. He was so much fun. And I go back to our last discussion. Yeah. I, I, it, it hit me watching this. We haven't seen the doctor healthy before. Like this is a healthy version of the doctor. Like him, like, I, like whenever he was at the club in the commercial, I was like, Oh no, I don't want a party doctor. And then I saw how it went down. I was like, Oh, no, he's just able to enjoy himself because he's he's healthy now. <laughs> he's yeah. not constantly tormented. That's like, he's right. still got A little bit of sadness to him, but he's not tormented.
2: Well, but in and even in the at that, you know, club scene still on task, like there for a reason. Oh, yeah. Um, And, and so one of the things that I, I loved here, which which helped. Quite a bit, so I think the Disney testing bit that I'd, I'd heard about was was smart, and I and I you know hope there is that kind of learning that continues to to, to help the series. But one of the things that um, is sometimes a bit of a challenge with Doctor Who, and we saw this with uh, Jody Whitaker's run, because it kind of stayed in this place, is that it usually takes. Uh, two to three episodes for the doctor to lock in who they are. You know, there's always this kind of crisis of like, I'm yeah. still trying to figure out who I am. And <laughs> and and so you kind of need three back-to-back episodes, Um, you know, across a few weeks. And then by the third or fourth episode, you're like, okay, finally, we, we kind of settled into the groove. I can enjoy this doctor. We got uh oh yeah <laughs> judy's character right off the bat the doctor was centered um and i appreciated that uh quite oh, yeah. a bit
1: oh yeah and like you said the chemistry with the with the new companion and this companion is very this is the Gen Z companion like we're we're like you said we're bridging the gap with Doctor Who we're getting ready for the next generation and I, I thought it I thought it was genius. I thought it was genius. So uh, yeah, let's let's just jump into it. Let's talk about what this episode was. Mm. So, would you would you mind actually? Could you just kind of give like a quick summary of what happens in yes. Doctor Who: The Church on Ruby Road? Spoiler warning for those who care about such things.
2: Yes. Well, so we uh, early on discover that um, Ruby uh, it is in. Orphan, and and so the that kind of theme uh, I thought was was lovely to kind of bring you know forward this sense of uh, what adoption means and that kind of thing uh, ar- across this episode, but we see this mysterious character that we assume is uh, Ruby's mother. Uh, we assume this because culturally we've seen it happen in plenty of times. This, you know, mother leaving a child, uh, at an orphanage. And in this case, a ch- at a church, the door of a church, and then, uh, and then, um, moving away kind of cloak over, uh, hood over head, almost as in, in shame that I've got to leave my child here. Well, you know, though, this, uh. Uh, this uh, woman, uh, this person that we assume is a woman uh, is in heels and things like that. But, you know, again, we don't know. And we don't know if this is Ruby's um, mother or not. Ruby is trying to determine her parentage, uh, we learned from a, from an early uh, scene here. But there's, there's also these these goblins that are in the background and the goblins are uh, like little, uh, you know, like gremlins of a sort, you know, they're, they're messing with things uh, in the background because of where they, they feed on the energy of mishap (laughs) uh, essentially. And (laughs) so, uh, and so we, uh, and, and the doctor is there, coincidentally, um, with uh, which comes up a lot in the episode with um, Ruby, because the doctor's trying to note these moments of, uh, of, of mishap. The doctor knows something is awry, and uh, because of all these accidents that, that are, are happening. And so the doctors uh, in the club, fun club scene, you know, twirling around, having fun, but also watching Ruby uh, and Ruby notes the doctor uh, and um, is just seems to connect with the doctor's uh, energy. And just before you know it, the doctor is grabbing a glass as it falls off you know the table. And so this 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 uh, so they begin their time uh, together. Uh, Ruby has been adopted, Uh, um, Ruby's adoptive uh, mother uh, cares for, um, also uh, fosters children, and so is fostering this this baby uh, that is abducted by these goblins, uh, and then uh, on Ruby's watch, so Ruby's, you know, trying to uh climb the ladder of this goblin ship and the doctor runs along and we've seen this in some of the previews runs along is like what? who just who just <laughs> Jumps <laughs> on the ladder of a flying, uh, you know, jumps on a flying ladder that's uh, and and chases after goblins who've taken a baby. Like what are you? Um, and so uh, they both enter to this goblin ship where <laughs> there is this. Uh, yeah, so of course they're apprehended, and then there is this scene where they're trying to find the baby and 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 encounter this musical number about the goblins eating big, which is hilarious. I mean, it's
1: <laughs> it's so red- well
2: done. It's so well done and and I, and I I was so entertained by it until the doctor um, interrupts this uh a scene also with some singing which I thought was interesting but hey we it it, it they made it work. <laughs> um, yeah. And then then these goblins I uh, just fast forward a bit. Then they yeah, so there's the rescue, but then the goblins are upset, and they, you know, um, uh, they've been robbed, and so what they end up doing is the the level of the number of coincidences that happen around Ruby and the Doctor uh, are so um, again they're they're feeding off this energy, so somehow. They, um, uh, this is such so flavorful that they travel back in time and seek to, seek to, uh, to take Ruby and, and disrupt Ruby's whole existence. So then the doctor has to go back and the doctor uh, uh, to save Ruby, but the doctor encounters this mysterious person um, who we assume to be Ruby's mother, does nothing to interact with them seems notes them maybe even knows who they are i don't know mm-hmm. and rescues ruby and and the timeline is reset and then ruby is off to adventure with the doctor having been encouraged to do I so by a mysterious woman yes oh yeah yeah
1: we uh, there's so many theories around this the woman yeah. at the end who mentioned the tardis so you know she knows what a tardis is yes. and you're like wait a minute hold up what <laughs> yeah. how do you know who it is everyone's talking does she have red nails is she the one who picked up the master's tooth she does not have red nails but that doesn't mean she couldn't have painted them you know right. no one's born with red nails really so uh, <laughs> right. i'm i'm so intrigued by her character i one thing i loved about the show it did a lot of homages to other christmas classics right so you have mm-hmm. goblins at christmas i'm thinking like tolkien's Letters to Father Christmas stuff. You got the goblins, also have like the gremlin kind of vibe to them that you talked about. You even have that moment that's kind of like it's a wonderful life where when she disappears, what is her foster's parents' life? What is everyone's life without her? And you're just like, oh man, they just crammed all these like Christmas motifs into one without it feeling sliced up or anything. Like it ran smoothly. It was, it was just a beautiful, to me, it was a beautiful special. I, I loved it. Um, I even love how much stuff they set up without making it feel like a setup. Like it felt like its own episode. And at the same time, they set up um, these goblins are clearly a coincidence, clearly a consequence of what happened at the edge of the universe. So it wasn't just the toy maker that came in. We also have other things that came in from outside of our reality, because you mentioned the doctor even mentions. Oh yeah, it's different physics, it's different rules. So he has to relearn ropes are there kind of wiring. It's a different yes. physics, it's a different everything. Um and I love that the doctor's so clever that okay, it's a different system. Let me just figure out how it correlates to what I know, and then I'll figure it out. Yes. Like, oh, that that was great. I was like, that's yeah, it's a new science.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, the doctor is learning new sciences, and uh, the the way things work. Yeah, it's it was cleverly done.
1: Um, oh yeah. And then what was what was the other thing that they, they Oh, I love that they're not – I I thought when Russell T. Davies told us he wasn't going to undo the Endless Child, I thought he just meant he was going to like go forward and not really mention it. Mm-hmm. But he's leaning into it. So now you have the Doctor who – unknown parentage – meeting up with a companion with unknown parentage. And I'm like, oh, okay. I can see where these storylines are going to like cross. And I, I'm so excited to see where these – fantasy realms are entering our reality as well as these origin stories tying together. I, I'm so excited for the upcoming
2: season. Yes. yes, More time travel, more beings who, who uh, realize that the exploitation of, of moving through time is uh, it could be a good thing for them. I mean, there's just, there's so much uh, uh, that was, like you said, set up subtly and so well in this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, if you had to go zero to ten,
1: Doctor Who, the church on Ruby Road, what a, what are we rating it? Wow.
2: This episode, well, I let me say, I need to, because this was so good, I need to leave room in the scale. Like, so, so, so yeah. I mean, yeah. it was so good, and I think it's going to get better, so I um, But I still want to say it's an eight. Yeah, um, at it, least it was so good. I just think that they're even going to get better. And so I need more room next time you ask me this question. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, I, man, I feel the same way. I'm like, I I can't give it a 10 because there are other Doctor Who episodes I like more. And I do think it's yeah. going to get even better. Yes. Like, uh, I, I uh, you know, I think um, don't blink or blink. Mm-hmm. Blink is an episode that deserves a ten. Yes, I think the the more recent one that I can't I can't think of the uh, is it Wild Blue Yonder? Wild Blue Yonder, yeah. Yeah, I think it deserves a ten. Yes, this isn't quite to that level, so I'm thinking like eight and a half maybe. Yeah, but you know that that is just a, you know, it's just it feels wrong. I like guess somehow still doesn't feel high enough, even though I know there are better episodes. Right. right. I yeah, I just I loved it. I loved it so much. Um. But I, I did want to get in a little bit more. We talked about that that whole foundling thing. They both are yeah. unsure of their parentage, all that. And in the interview, they use that term foundling, and they go, "Is that an appropriate term?" So I kind of want to talk to you about that. How do how do we feel about that kind of terminology or ideas around the the foundlings? You know, or should we not use that term? Is it okay in Doctor Who but not real life? Or what are we thinking?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I um, I needed to think more on it. I mean, of course, when they you know first started talking about foundlings i was all of a sudden you know with the mandalorian again and um and oh, yeah uh, <laughs> right you know it's similar similar language Robo teams up with ruby and the doctor you're, here we go right <laughs> um this is all the foundlings are on disney plus um but uh, you know as uh, language you know always moves in and, and things move in and out of vogue. Um, I don't know that there's anything necessarily negative about being someone who is is found because in some ways I some ways I like it, you know. Um, uh, um, I mean, I we, we sing it in the Christian tradition this is amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Um you know, or even if you were abandoned, but now you're, you're found, that's, if, that can be a good thing. Um, the lost sheep is, is found. And so, you know, we tend to equate it in the Christian tradition being found as a very good and a warm thing. Um, and, um, a, I don't know uh, how uh, PC it would be to be calling for <laughs> foundlings, but you know, in, in that way, I, I didn't think it was negative. What yeah. about you? Yeah,
1: I think I, I agree. I feel like it's it's a context thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in yeah. general, I don't like labels. You know, like if we we're just labeling this group of people as foundlings, and you're talking right. about them as if they're somehow different or separate from us, then yeah, yeah okay, that's an issue. Right. But if you're just kind of using that as a descriptor for the topic you're discussing, like they were specifically talking about her origins. So it made sense. But if you were just talking about her being like, oh, you know, that foundling over there, then I'm yeah. like, OK, that's mm, I don't like that. <laughs> you know, Yeah. 100 oh, yeah, percent.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. And I I feel like that probably pretty much goes across the board. I, uh, you know, I don't mind someone calling me a Christian, but it's when, you know, when someone's like, oh, that Christian guy, then it's like, yeah, I don't I don't love that. <laughs> you know right um and that's just because you know i'm trying to pick on my myself and it's easier because you know once you start talking about other groups it's like "Mm, that's you know yeah but in in general i think labeling is bad descriptive is good
2: yes yeah yes yeah Yeah. what the label creates you know the us and them uh that can be or creates distance you know whatever the, the distance might be uh that's not good um yeah but yeah, and so, and so it's interesting that, you know, the that they spent so much time on that because I think this whole foundling conversation will expand um, across. Oh, the yeah. City.
1: And apparently Mavity will expand.
2: <laughs>
1: they used it again. it again. I hear they're going to be visiting Isaac Newton again in the coming season. <laughs> so I, I hope we get more on Mavity and- and
2: can kind of tie that loose end up. You know, it's like this Mavity's becoming this is like Mandela effect. It's like, how do you spell <laughs> Bernstein Bears? Um, <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs>
1: oh man, uh, yeah i I kind of love it. I really do. Also, one thing we're having, me and one of my friends are having a lot of fun with uh, because you know everything was like not science, rope science kind of thing on the ship. So we keep talking about these storylines of tying the threads. It's like a knot. And, you know, we keep making all the puns of the yes. <laughs> of the new physics we yes. discovered with goblins. And it's like, oh, this just this got good. Doctor Who is when you can have fun with the conversations and you're still like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't wait to find out. And I'm going to make fun and puns while on the way. It's great. Yes. Awesome. Um, but speaking of foundlings, I, I did want to touch really quick on a. Since since you mentioned that you watched Percy Jackson, I feel like we should at least touch on this one because that's sort of his background too. He he wasn't really sure of his, you know, his origin, what was who is his dad, all this stuff. And he's not quite a family and he was with his mom, but he shows up at this camp with no parents, no, like you know, his mom's gone. He doesn't know who his dad is. So we still have this thread of our Where we come from, you are birth. Um, It's funny, like 2023 was our year of origins and cosmologies. And that seems like the origin of these characters is what they're really putting in the the front of the conversation with these stuff. Um, Mm. What do you what do you think as far as like Percy Jackson? uh, Did you read the books? Let's start there because I I never read the books.
2: Uh, So I'm not now. My eldest read the books. And so, um, you know, I have bits and pieces through conversation with uh with him and now you know having conversations with my youngest as he reads the books. So I'm I'm aware, uh, but I never I never read them myself. Watch yeah. the movies and the previous movies that were made, that kind of thing.
1: Well, yeah. My my cousin Allie is a, a huge fan. She's always read the books. And uh, that that was gonna be one of our other guests who was sick, and that's why we're gonna have our part two and kind of get some some expert take from someone who's been geeking out on this pretty much their whole life Mm -hmm. but uh but for for people who haven't read the books and just kind of I I don't know if you watch the old movies I think I watched some of them but I don't really remember them so I I felt like I was jumping into the show brand new and uh the first episode I was iffy about second one I was starting to warm up that third one that just came out this week I was like okay you know what actually no I like this this is good
2: yeah you know, it's, well, one, I have to say it's fun. I mean, as when I was a kid, I read, uh, Greek mythology, uh, and, uh, well, both Greek and Roman mythology. And, and, um, I, uh, and so I just, you know, interested in the, in those characters, how they operate. I think, uh, uh, Percy Jackson, um, Kind of been a fun way to acquaint folks with those mythic characters, um, and yeah. and you learn a bit about some of those the the arcs of those characters while introducing um, you know new characters, new demigods, um, and, uh, uh, and so it's just it's fun in that kind of a way. I think that uh, yeah. the author has done a great job in in introducing this younger generations to uh to um mythology in a way that doesn't feel stale uh and so and and percy jackson does not feel uh stale i think if you've seen the uh the couple uh, you know movies that 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 were done previously um you know what we're seeing here lines up a bit with that first movie Mm -hmm. and both because uh well, I think mostly because when you do a series, you just have more time. I already enjoy it more yeah. than I enjoyed that movie. Um, yeah. Uh, more exploration into the characters uh, I mean, and, and and more nuanced characters. Yeah. Yeah. It very much feels like a young adult novel
1: as a show. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I can tell this is for a younger audience than myself, you know, but at the same time you do have some of this like darker tones to some of the stuff but then they they lighten it up with a lot of whimsy. I love the whimsy. The whimsy is fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I um, yeah. No, no. I, uh, I I think it's really interesting so far. Uh, I'm curious to see where they take it because I haven't read the story. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of new to this and I'm like, mm-hmm. OK, this is fun. I, I like what they're doing with these characters. I like the um, which is funny because <laughs> since you remember the movie, you might know what happens. But I'm, I'm over here like one of his friends is going to betray him it didn't say one of the people you took on your quest. So I'm thinking it's probably not one of the people
2: you (laughs) took on your quest. Right. I don't know yet. Yeah. 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 No, it's um, this is, um, you know, the, the, this is the, the interesting thing. So throughout these, um, these stories uh, with, with demigods, you, you kind of have, um, kind of similar stories that repeat. So, you know, the gods are, uh, are distant. They've got rules that bind their interaction with humanity. Um, and, you know, because they are so powerful, you kind Mm -hmm. of need them set at a distance. You need, you need, you need some, some, some guardrails around this. Otherwise, um, there'd be no series that would last too long. Um, uh, But the demigods who have this ability to flex back and forth, I mean, they're like mutants, you know, so they've got these, uh, these. It does have a lot of X-Men vibe. Yeah. Yeah. They've got this extraordinary uh, powers that are very specific, right? So this is yeah, very X-Men kind of, kind of thing. You got your extraordinary powers that are specific, but you are uh, in other ways, very human. And, and because you flex between the worlds, world of humanity, world of the gods, um, you are not bound by those rules. Okay. Uh, so you can both be uh, an uh, agent of of creative order and flourishing, or you can also be an agent of great chaos. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's one where. I don't want to like cram Jesus into everything. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to be that guy. But when I see things like this camp and this like it's very community based. Yeah. Naturally, I'm going to compare it to the communities I'm a part of. And Mm -hmm. I see a lot of the same stuff in the church community where I'm looking and you see some people who use the God card or the Bible card and are kind of jerks with it. Right. We're like, well, God said this. So you're a sinner and you're awful. You know, like I see that in my community. I'm like, oh, I hate that. Um, but and you see similar stuff here where they're like very proud of it this is my dad so i can totally kick your ass you know whatever I, I hate that and then you also see the people like like percy who are kind of scared of their real potential yeah and you see that also in my community right like there's so many people who are like very tim- like timid to the point where i'm like you know you're, you're claiming that god himself lives in you what are you doing right now like yeah. sometimes i'm like you're going too far you're being a jerk and then some people i'm like Oh man. And then I'm of course always one of the two, right? Like I've never like got it perfect. Sometimes I feel like, man, I could have been a little bit more bold there and then sometimes I'm like, man, I was a jerk. So like, I see all of that. And I'm like, of course, I see it in my own community. Um, huh. how, how did you feel about like, like just the community standards, like just thinking about it in in your own circles, does it relate to reality a little bit or you think it's just too far out there with the gods?
2: No, no, no. I think it does. I mean, you, you might think of, as you were talking, it made me think, well, what have I thought about these different parts of the camp um as um as denominations right you know yeah um, yeah <laughs> um and in and, and having you know parts different parts of a camp you know whether it be you know the houses in harry potter or or these different you know camps and who relates to which god because of the parentage um you know you're there you're held together by a common um I mean, you kind of go the Harry Potter thing, common magic, uh, a Ooh, common, yeah. uh, belief, uh, a common, uh, spirituality if you your will, <laughs> but these different expressions of the gifts sometimes move you, um, uh, it, it, it you develop different character and different characteristics. um, And so it makes me think about, um, you know, all of a sudden I'm with the Corinthian community uh, and, and, you know, uh, everyone's got their spiritual gift. And there are these competing sense of like, I'm, you know, where I'm better than you. and That's what's going on in this in this camp, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, um, our our parentage is as this. We can do this we're clearly and so they're constantly competing oh yeah oh yeah man no that's
1: good stuff and it's it's wild to me just thinking like real world how many stuff in the bible still feels relevant to our church denomination you know i grew up pentecostal so it's easy when i look at corinthians and he's talking about how you think you're better because you speak in tongues but i tell you the gift of prophecies even more and i'm like wait hold up philip pentecostal (laughs) You know, yep. like uh, Paul's kind of calling us out here, right? Yeah. Then you have, you know, places where it talks about like, hey, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but where's your faith? And I'm like, oh, man, yeah, I was uh, in seminary. That's uh, that's still really relevant. No, like yep. you have this stuff that's still so relevant. We still kind of have those same camps today. You know, Ravenclaw, Slytherin. Are you in the house of Hermes or,
2: you yeah. know, Poseidon? Or- and, and then you realize, of course, that at the end of the day, um you know whether it is uh Hogwarts as a school or you know this community of of demigods together or whether it be um uh Christianity as a uh, as a as a uh, you know global religion it's actually when we are uh unified in our work and that we see those uh, differences, not as things that are to be uh, resisted or looked down upon or you know competed uh, against, but we see this as all um, something that we can offer the world together. You know, when when our forces combine and we we do the Voltron thing, then something <laughs> um, something yeah. amazing happens, right? Oh yeah,
1: man. And we're kind of seeing that in the Percy Jackson show now, you know, they got three different people who aren't all from the same camp on their, uh, odyssey. I'll call it, you know, their quest Mm -hmm. from the gods and, um, it'll be fun to see how it goes and how everybody plays their part and works together. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to see when they don't work together, how they fail. And it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see the future of it. And I, I just love communities like this. So I, I hope we get more of the camp and more seeing how the community interacts. Um, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Did you have anything else you wanted to add about Percy Jackson before we uh, kind of head to our
2: wrap up? Or oh no, no, no! I just think everybody should <laughs> should uh, watch it, it, have fun with it, and uh, uh, and yeah, let's let's as you say, maybe let's continue to think about how community is forged uh, through through difficulty and travail.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. All right. Well then, with that let's go ahead and wrap this one thing we like to do at the end of our what's new episodes i like to instead of doing just one recommendation picking one of the three we discussed and saying if you had to just recommend one of these three which one are you lifting up um honestly for me it's easy this week (laughs) because i haven't seen monarch yet and uh percy jackson is good but it's not Man, it's not Doctor Who good, in my opinion. I love the Doctor. I love a new Doctor. The energy of it all, the magic of it. You know, it's a sci-fi show, but there's magic to it. And I, it's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I got to lift that up. And I think, you know, oftentimes it's hard with a series that's this long to find a good jumping on point. This is the perfect jumping on board. They're about to start all at season one, even though it's a continuation. Um, they want you to jump on at this point. So I think this is a perfect time to get into it. Uh, no. Justin, what are you, what are you thinking?
2: i agree i mean i i I, um i I like monarch um but i'm with you know as i kind of got my head about it before but really i like to see monsters fighting and so there's less of that um i i um i think the Percy jackson stuff is is fun and i enjoy the way that my kids have connected with it but there there's just so much uh, oh, yeah. In Doctor Who, and so you can start here, move forward, but there's also plenty to go back and plumb uh, the depths of the of that universe. So, yeah, um, I would say yeah. Show uh, including some audio books, some comic books. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 There's a lot to mine there. I guess I'm saying it. It's a lot to mine there. So this is a good uh, this is a good starting point. I think. Oh yeah. No, I uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree, and I'm. I hope we get more Doctor Who in the future, and we can uh, have Reverend Justin back to talk about uh, that season one or series fourteen, whatever you want to call it when it comes out. I, I can't wait for is it is it May May right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, gosh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, exciting, no time. <laughs> exciting <laughs> times, exciting times. Well, once again, we want to thank Daniel Sigmund for being one of the supporters of the show. You rock, dude. We couldn't do this without you and supporters like him. So if you want to be like him, you know, think about it. Uh, and uh, if you missed the live recording, remember, it's always on the Facebook and YouTube. You can catch our live, So make sure you're following us there. And of course, we need you to do one very important thing for us. And remember, we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests.
3: Hey guys, Christian here to talk about our Captivate options. That's when you send us a little extra money to just help us along with our projects. But what do you get? By giving us that extra money, well, you have access to any future online D&D campaigns. You get extra bonus question content, which we do at least 48 times a month. You can make a one-time donation here of any amount to help support the show. This helps us with our overhead. That includes the editing software that we use, the recording software that we use, the marketing that we have to do for the show, the equipment that we all need to to help out with the show, and more. So thank you for what you do. Head out to Captivate. Help us out. We really appreciate what you do. See you later.
0: Hello, friends. If you like Systematic Ecology, then there's a host of other podcasts in our network that we think you will like just as much. And so we're part of the Anazal Ministry Podcast Network, and we hope that you can hop over and subscribe uh, with all the podcasts that are in our network. Like, for instance, The Homily, which is, hey, Pastor Will Rose's sermon here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. You have another podcast called The Whole Church Podcast, the OG, the originals, the beginner of it all. Yes, Joshua Noel and TJ working for unity among the church and having great conversations with the wide spectrum of those who are involved in Christian ministry and the church. You have My Seminary Life uh, by Brandon Knight, who's discussing what he's learning in seminary, what's He is learning his theological studies and and bringing to the surface uh, those big things that we're wrestling with and thinking through theologically in the church and beyond. There's the Let Nothing Move You podcast from Christian Ashley, who is walking through the Bible in a very Bible study type fashion and walking through the biblical narrative. You have dummy for theology. I don't think Joshua is a dummy, but hey, he's going to lift up theological themes that he's thinking about and wrestling with, and maybe there's not a lot of um, answers, but there's definitely a lot of great questions out there that he's lifting up with some great theologians across the whole spectrum of Christianity. And then there's the Bible after hours. Man, if you like to get risky, if you like to get controversial there's this foul mouth preacher who goes from goes through the bible from a more progressive point of view challenging the status quo of the modern church yeah yeah you don't want any kids around with, with that podcast. And then you have the Clydes, uh, one of my favorite couples uh, that I like to listen to, one of the hosts here on Systematic Ecology, Taylor and Elizabeth Clyde, go through weekly discussions and a kind of a devotional, conversational method of, of what's going on in their lives, uh, where they see God moving in their lives, and what God is up to in the world. So those are the podcasts, a part of the AMP Network. Subscribe, follow. We hope you can be a part of all that great network with the wonderful podcasts at AMP.